So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. This is a podcast from Minute Media. We got Craig Ackerman over here, man. What's up? Oh, Craig, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> How are you? Liftoff will start in T-minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, What's up, everyone? This is Ray. This is Chris Chavez. This is your boy, Peasy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Timoteo Keister. What up, what up? It's Bruce Williams, the Mastodon himself. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player. Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. And you're now tuned in to the Summit State of Mind podcast. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Step Backs. And everything Houston Rockets presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network and the official podcast to fan-sided Houston Rockets website, spacecityscoop.com. I am your host, your Commissioner Kenny, and of course with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. GM, how's it going, man? It's Thursday, a little, little, little cold outside, and uh, I just wanted to check in see how you're doing today. Just a tad bit, you know, uh, I started my vacation already. Um, for the listeners that don't know, I'm going to Seattle tomorrow. I won't be back until Monday night and it's going to be so fun. I am excited to get over caffeinated, eat as much seafood as I possibly can and visit as many amazing breweries. Uh, I'm a beer guy, so it's going to be very fun and I'm very, very excited. I haven't had a vacation quite a while. I, I told you to check out. I went back in July, so I told you to check out that Seattle Supersonic store. So I hope you do and, and give them the support. Oh, they need. man. I don't know if they deserve it from me. Considering <laughs> all the pain they dished out in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know what? It's funny that you guys that we're talking about that because this episode, it's uh, it's near. It's going to be near and dear to our hearts. A very personal one. And it's going to be a fantastic episode. We're super psyched because for the first time ever, we are proud to announce that we have a first time guest coming onto the summit for the very first time. I'm so excited. This is such an honor. I am known for intros. I hope I do this man justice. I did my research. So here we go. I'm going to intro him real quick. Here we go. He was the radio play-by-play announcer from 2008 to to 2021, but is now the current TV play-by-play announcer for our hometown Houston Rockets. He has worked and been involved with the Rockets organization for more than a decade. He's known for his incomparable free throw defense and known for famous phrases like, now that was a steaming pile of awesome. And of course, your team, my team, America's team. It is an honor and a privilege to introduce the one, the only, Craig the great one, Ackerman at the summit. Craig, how's it going, man? How are hey, you doing? Hey, fellas, today? I appreciate it. Uh, I'm blushing. Um, thank you very much for the, the very kind uh, introduction. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm looking forward to it. Um, 
we're very honored and uh, privileged for ourselves, man. You know, it's uh, it's another check. You know, we've always wanted to interview you. I think personally, and this is not just me being a homer. Honestly, personally, from my point of view, probably my favorite announcer, like ever, like in terms of sports. Like I'm just being honest. Oh, well, thank you. So thank you. It's very nice. I appreciate have to that. send thank that you. out there. Have to send the love thank out you. there. Obviously. Thank you. No, no, no. I'm, again, uh, I'm blushing. I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. Of course, of course. Well, we're just happy to get you on. And uh, so for the first half hour here, we're going to go ahead and just you know interview you and get a little bit of your history. So, you know, we just wanted to ask you a first question, you know, what's your history uh, as a Rockets fan and uh, how did you end up getting involved with the Houston Rockets? Well, uh, so uh, I'm, I'm originally, I was born in, I'm going to go way back, but I, I was born in, in, in Ohio, um, basically in the same area as LeBron, uh, Akron, uh, Cuyahoga Falls. Oh, area. wow. You're another um, kid from Akron. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, <laughs> but my family moved down here right before I had, had started um, kindergarten, um, ultimately, um, moved out into, over to the Sugarland area, uh, went to Clements high school. Um, yep. Did you go to Clements? We, we, went, we, we went to Elkins. Our brother went oh, to, okay. our older brother went to Clements. So what year okay. did you graduate, Craig? Uh, 1992. Oh, okay. 92. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So I ended up uh, graduating from Clements. Um, I, when I was, I had two goals when I was younger. Um, I wanted to play professional baseball. That was my sport. Uh, and then if that didn't work out, I wanted to be a doctor or a veterinarian. Uh, and then I must admit, I hit, I hit calculus and advanced chemistry. And it was like, you know what? Uh, this, this whole medical thing probably isn't going to work out. So I, you know, I, I was playing baseball at a, at a smaller NAIA school um, my freshman year. And I was actually a pre-med major uh, as, a, as a freshman, but then I really struggled with calculus and chemistry and I'm like, you know what I, and I had struggled with calculus in high school too. And I was like, you know what, this, this just isn't for me and our games up there. I went to a school, um, Tarleton state up in Stephenville, Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a really good baseball program. Um, at the time it was NAIA school. Um, and our games were broadcasted on, on the radio up there. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And obviously I was, a uh, uh, a huge sports fan uh, of all kinds. Uh, I did grow up as a, as, as a Rockets fan um, as well. So, you know, this is in the neighborhood of 1992. Um, and I thought that was like the coolest thing. And so I was like, well, you know, this medicine thing may not work. Maybe, maybe I should, you know, try to get into uh, broadcasting. Um, long story short, um, um, I actually, my, my, I actually started off very well. Uh, my, my fall semester, I was a pitcher in high school, I pitched and cop. When I got to college, I just pitched, and then I struggled a little bit. Uh, come springtime, um, when the when when the real season started, um, didn't play a whole lot after that. Uh, ended up uh, transferring down back here. Um, mm -hmm. um, I knew the some coaches and some players at Houston Baptist, so I went to HBU uh, to play baseball there. And <clears throat> while I was um, so this was so this is now like the the fall of of 92. Um, I had a, uh, wait, no, this is probably 93 now, something, something somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was on the team. I, I pitched, I actually pitched a no hitter, uh, at HBU. Wow. Um, nice. That's uh, awesome. And, and so this is how ultimately the story of how I got to where I am now began. There, there was a, a guy, a fellow student. He was a little bit older um, at HBU who was working um, with, with the basketball team of the basketball office. And he had previously been working internships for the Rockets uh, over the summer when Rudy Tomjanovich was, 
was the coach. And so the Rockets win the championship in 1994. So this is going into my second year um, at, at HBU. And uh, Les Alexander had just bought the team prior to that 93-94 season. Like pretty much it was very similar timing um, as to when the Fertitas, Tillman Fertitta ended up buying the Rockets. It was right before the start uh, of the season. And so coming out of that first championship season, as is typically the case in professional sports, uh, after owners purchased teams, they made some front office changes. And this, this guy, Robbie Fisher, who I knew at HBU and knew at that point I wanted to get into broadcasting, was like, hey, they brought in some more broadcast folks. Um, and I think they might be looking for an intern. And so um, he passed, uh, he gave, uh, gave me Joel Blank's name. Joel's actually a local talk show host yeah, now here. Joel in Blank. Yeah, I remember Joel yeah. Blank. Yeah. So uh, I, I actually, I, I reached out to him, um, went down to the summit before it was Compact Center. And uh, and ended up interviewing for my un- for the unpaid internship, which I got. And so um, the intern so so this was starting the 94, 95 season. So my job was um, to work game nights at the radio station, cutting up highlights for the radio broadcast when Gene Peterson and Jim Foley were, were doing their thing. And this was back before digital stuff. So there was still carts, which looked like eight tracks. Uh, if, if, if people are unfamiliar with that and reel to reel machines. And so my job was to, um, you know, cut highlights uh, from the Rockets games and then also listen to all the other games around the league and cut highlights for the scoreboard shows. And so I had an opportunity to obviously listen to Gene and Jim, who I had a great amount of respect for, and then also listen to everyone else around the NBA and kind of get an idea of what the top of the profession sounded like. Um, <clears throat> I ended up, getting uh hurt um uh my second year uh at hbo i hurt my arm uh and so then i honestly started kind of thinking about what i really wanted to do um and i figured that at that point i really did want to get into broadcasting i had um some high school buddies of mine they were playing football up at sam houston state and i actually kind of knew their extended friends because i occasionally would go up there on weekends to hang out with them and so I just, and they had a really, really good RTV program up at Sam Houston State. And so I decided that, um, hey, I'm going to transfer up there, uh, finish out my last couple of years. Well, actually, I'll take it one step. Uh, let me take one step back. I'm, sure. I'm old here, remember. Um, <laughs> I, actually was going to, I actually was going to continue to try to play baseball. I, I had an opportunity to go out to New Mexico State because I was still playing, I was still playing um competitive summer league ball uh, at that point after I, uh, my, my elbow got better. Okay. I had a chance to go out to New Mexico, New Mexico state university. Since it was another transfer, it was, and it, it kind of fell through a little bit um, because I would have to sit out a year and there's no way I was going to go to Las Crucius to sit out um, a year. Um, <laughs> in, in oh, West of El Paso, very Southern Eastern New Mexico. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I ultimately decided to go to Sam Houston state. So I went up there and and that was kind of like one of the best decisions um, I ever could make. I was devastated at the time because baseball meant a lot to me um, personally, because it was basically my life 12 months out of the year since I was, you know, basically eight, nine, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I went to Sam, uh, became an RTV major. I could still intern for the Rockets, which I did. So on game nights, I was still, I was driving back and forth from Huntsville uh, into Houston for the games uh, wow. to do all of that. In the summers, I would go into the office uh, and work. And then while at Sam, you know, they had a ra- uh, radio and a TV station. I, I literally jumped, you know, headfirst in, into both of those things. Um, 
And then another big break for me personally was my last year at Sam Houston State. Um, the local radio station in Huntsville um, decided that they weren't going to carry basketball. Hmm. And the the women's basketball coach, and I feel bad I don't remember his name, he, he actually he approached me and said, hey, do you want to do games for us on an official basis? That station dropped. Uh, we'll pay for your travel. We'll pay for your hotel. You, we'll pay for your meals. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And, right. and, and, in, and in those days in that conference in basketball, um, they, they t- and when they play conference games, they typically play double headers. So the women would play mm. before the men. And ultimately the basket, the women's basketball coach got the men's basketball coach to agree to all of this. And so I had a chance to work double headers. So I did was doing twice the amount of games. So I really got a lot of experience there my last year uh, at Sam doing men's and women's basketball. Nice. And then uh, the season ended. Um, both teams got beat in the conference tournament. And I remember the last game I did for the men when they got bounced in the conference tournament, I honestly thought that I was never, ever, ever going to do this again. Um, ultimately graduated. Um, the Rockets hired me. Um full-time in the broadcast department. And so that, and then I also started producing the games uh, on radio. Um, <clears throat> I know this is kind of a long initial story here, but one of my, Oh, this is great. Here, no, this dude, is we, love here. we love this, to hear it. No, seriously. <laughs> this is like when we, when we do these podcasts, especially for first time, even like whether or not like you're known or not known, I love to hear the story. This is almost like a sports and lifestyle. We like to hear it. You know, this yeah, is everybody great. in the business, especially if you can reach the upper levels, everybody's got a unique story. And so, Mine's unique in that I basically never left the market. A lot of people bounce all over the place, but yeah. So there was a there was another intern in the Rockets office who had been doing stuff at Rice, mm-hmm. um, and she happened to have a, a a Rice football media guy, and I was thumbing through it and realized that some of the the sports people um, over at KTRH who I knew from because our games were over there. Um, Tom Franklin used to be the voice of the Oilers, um, and Matt Musil. Um, uh, who's still at channel 11 were doing games at rice. So she gave me the name of the person I needed to contact to reach out. I went down um, and in, uh, talked to, to, to Mike Paday, who by the way, is the, is the head of the U- university of Houston uh, alumni association oh. um, right now. And he basically hired me on the spot. I agreed to work for free to do um, sidelines for football. And, you know, we, we go on a road trip, that was back in the old whack where we had really good road trips. Like that was before all the conferences contracted mm-hmm. uh, because they said it was a bad thing. And now everybody wants to expand, right. And have these super conferences, but the old <laughs> yep. whack was awesome. UNLV, Hawaii, you know, oh, uh, so you were everywhere. They, Every oh my so God. Cool. The conference had amazing travel. Um, and so um, we'd go on a road trip. We'd come back and he go, Hey, I found a little money here. I found a little money here. And next thing you know, Hey, you want to do women's basketball? Sure. You, and then, and then, hey, you want to do men's basketball? So that's and so I I worked at Rice um, for three years. Uh, in the meantime, the the Rockets at Les Alexander had bought an Arena Football League team uh, oh, yeah. and the Houston Comets the, and the, the Thunder Bears. The Thunder yeah, the, Bears. they were the Texas, yeah, the Texas Terror, uh, and then they were the Houston Thunder Bears. And so I started I doing that. Arena Football and some WNBA stuff. Um, and then after three years at Rice. Um, the, the uh, Chris Burkholter, who used to be the head media guy for the Arena Football League team, became the head SID at U of H. This is how you network in this business, obviously, <laughs> very well. Yeah, um, there you go. Called him up 
And because they were looking for somebody to do basketball and went down and, and interviewed um, with him and, and the AD at the time, Chuck Gladchuk, who I think might still be at the Naval Academy now. Mm. Uh, I got the basketball job. So I ended up doing uh, that and then ultimately football at U of H for three years. And then the Rockets made some changes in and around, what was it, 2003. Uh, mm. And so I was offered the full-time radio studio host job then. So I left U of H and sort of became full-time broadcast guy for the Rockets and uh, ultimately did that until Gene and Jim retired. And I got that gig in 2008. And then um, about six years, years ago, uh, Bill Worrell decided that he, you know, he did not want to travel anymore and he was just going to work home games. And so he started doing home games. Uh, so I did home radio and then road TV and Bill retired. And here we are. <laughs> That's so- fair trade. <laughs> There we go. Hello, hello. I filled. I think I filled like ten minutes there. So there you go, dude. That was good. I I loved hearing it. Honestly, <laughs> no, seriously. Like I I tried. Like when I did research, like and I couldn't find much information. So I was like, I okay. Now I really need to hear this story because I yeah. This find is my twenty eighth year with the organization. Wow. I said unbelievable. More than, see, I knew more than a decade. Like when I introed you, I was like more than a decade. But I was like, they didn't give me an exact count. I don't know your years. So yeah, I I started from an unpaid intern to doing TV games for the Rockets. So there you go. Wow. That's <laughs> unbelievable. That's incredible. It's been like, so since like what, 93? So like literally since the, or since 92, like since the Rockets I, won their championship. Yeah. The second I worked, I was an intern, uh, the, the second of the back-to-back championships. So my okay, first year as an intern was 94, 95. Wow. Unbelievable, man. That yeah. was, that must've been crazy. Just Oh, that was like, awesome because oh, I was yeah. on Richmond and Westheimer after they won their first title. <laughs> and then to have a very small role being on the inside for that, for that second championship, mm-hmm. it was, it was special. I can only imagine. I'm like, I guess, you know, you doing what you did and working with the organization for so long, we were personally, like, I know we were rooting for you, especially we wanted you to get that full, that full play-by-play TV spot. Cause we know that every time we hear you on the radio, you're, you're so good at it. So we were rooting for you. We were so happy when you were officially announced along with Ryan Hollins Thank that you. y'all were going to take over full-time. So I know the GM had a question for you though. Go ahead. Sure. Oh man. First, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, we love your partner, Ryan. We, we love Ryan Hollins. He Dude. is so great. Y'all last night were just amazing. He's a Seriously. good dude. He's, he's a good dude. And, and, you know, um, yeah. the, the, the process, uh, you know, I look, uh, before we get into Ryan, what I will say is I really enjoyed working with Matt. Also Bullard's a great guy. Oh, Bull is oh we, yeah, we love Matt. Great, Matt great was guy too. And, and, you know, I, yeah. I kind of really got to know him a, a while back when he was at the very tail end of his playing career. He started doing comments games. And so, cause he knew he wanted to get, Oh yeah. I remember those. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Remember uh, that. But Matt, Matt's, Matt's a great guy. And um, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, working with him for those five years on road games and obviously knowing him and traveling with him for, for, a, for a long time. But uh, yeah, the, the, the whole process went for hiring the, the new analyst, um, you know, kind of sort of came together late, uh, late in the summer. Um, I, I was not, aware honestly up until about a week before they held auditions for the analyst finalists who the finalists were i i, I honestly i i did i did not know and um but yeah ryan's a great guy um i think they they, they made a tremendous decision you know obviously ryan came um from uh his background working on on first take Mm-hmm. Uh, and all that stuff. And, and that, I know that that was one part of the interview process, you know, what was that, 
what was that like for you? Um, because I guess originally coming in, you know, he's, and, and honestly, I didn't know him at all. He was more or less known for, you know, being a hot take guy on, on first take. Right. And, yep. It's true. And, That's and true. that was just part of that, that job. Um, but he interviewed and then we, um, uh, we did an audition as far as I'm aware. I think, I believe they, they brought him back again for, for another interview and, they made they made an amazing hire. I really enjoy working with him. He is such a fun guy. Such a he is like Bull, Matt Buller was super nice too, and, and and so is Ryan. It's always good when you can work with people that are that are really nice and that you respect. And uh, and yeah, we're having fun. And I certainly think that the chemistry between he and I um, has come along um, as the season has gone along because he mm-hmm. ultimately didn't know that he got the job until about a week before the preseason and had to scramble to get moved here and everything. <laughs> and so it's a bit of a whirlwind. Ryan, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I just have to I mean, say real quick though. Arm- oh, sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to say, man, Arm- when I, when he said Armani bricks, I lost my mind last night. <laughs> I was like, did he say the- bricks? What? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. You guys, you guys, I've been doing this long enough to know that yeah. when you, if you talk, if you're talking any amount, Every oh, once in a while, something is going to just, you can call it a Freudian slip or, or whatever you want yes. to call it. Occasionally yeah. you say yeah. things that you didn't mean to say that come out wrong and then, or things you say, you're like, oh my God, I cannot believe I just said that. Right. You say that you're saying that to yourself as of you course. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just one of those things. And then the way it kind of worked out where he played it off and all of a sudden he ended up hitting three <laughs> that could have turned out any better i know it it was so smooth like that we saw i was watching a video about it uh this morning and i was just cracking up because i remember watching the game live but just they, they spliced it all up together was just hilarious i loved it um but my question craig was you know obviously because you replaced the great bill Worrell. i just wanted to know like if you guys have like any type of personal relationship together. And if there's anything that you learned that you applied to what you do now for us play by play, because I know, man, you were amazing, but obviously, you know, Bill is someone who's been around for such a long time. There's something that you could definitely learn from him. So that was just something that I was curious about for me. Uh, absolutely. First of all, Bill and I have a, have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, one thing I, I will say about Bill is that I, um, he's all, he's like one of the most young at heart people I've ever met in my <laughs> entire life. Um, like, uh, it was when he was still traveling, it was always so much fun, uh, to, 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 to be, uh, to be around him. But yeah, I mean, I look, I, I learned a ton from Gene and Jim and from Bill, um, especially when it came to TV with, with, um, with Bill, one of the harder transitions is when your background is primarily radio is, is to kind of to back off uh, a little bit, and again, it gave me some pointers with all that stuff. And I, I still think I probably talk more than the average TV guy does, just because the majority of my background um, is 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 on the radio. But you know, just professionalism, um, kind of had to deal with the, the, some of the, the the pressures with the job, and obviously, as social media has become a huge influence in society. Um, there are even more pressures with the gig because um, if you say something that even, even if something as innocent as Armani bricks, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, he, obviously there was no malice intended no, there. Just, it was just a slip. Um, yeah. It's all over the, I mean, everything you say these days can be all over the internet. 
And you said uh, and that too. You said that too during the broadcast. Yes, they, they, I mean, <laughs> so social media, Reddit, you know, fan sites everywhere. So you got to be very careful about what you do and say. But yes, I, I do have a great relationship with Bill. I I very much enjoyed the night um, a week or so ago when they honored him uh, in that game where the Rockets played the Mavs. I wish the Rockets would have played better um, that night, but I enjoyed the halftime ceremony where there was a a reception. Uh, before the game um, and <clears throat> uh, Rudy was there and Clyde was there and Akeem and Elvin Hayes and, you know, Lisa Malosky and, you know, all oh, kinds yeah, of people from, from the past who I had not seen uh, in a while who were there to honor Bill that night. So yeah, I had a great relationship with him. I grew up as a fan of both him and Calvin as a Rockets fan in this city. And then again, I can't explain to you. It's just, it's just surreal for me, even at this point, um, to realize that I grew up listening to Gene and Jim and watching Bill on TV and then having an opportunity to work with them and then succeed them. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. It truly is. I can only imagine how that must feel. And it almost feels like, like what you're doing too. Cause you grew up watching them. It's like, almost like you're not really working almost, you know what I mean? Cause you love what you do. You love the Rockets. You know, this is. Don't tell anybody. Of course. Of course. Yes. No, yes, yeah, yes don't, don't tell anyone that this gig beats working for a living. So right, don't, right. Don't tell anybody. Your secret is safe with us. Yes, yes, I'll cut it. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and let's let's shift forward here to obviously this season. Uh, I, I, of course, I want to know your opinion. You know, you know, you get the best seat in the house, obviously. But uh, this Rockets, the rebuilding team, obviously. Um, me and me and Justin, we've been watching. You know, we watched for years. Uh, and this season, you know, it's a rebuilding first year, obviously of a true rebuilding year for the Rockets, 14 and 32. And, uh, you know, from working from the years when you were, you know, watching, we were all watching James Harden and the Chris Paul era, obviously. And then, you know, going now to the rebuilding era with KPJ, Christian Wood and Jalen Green. What's your been, what's been your thoughts overall of the season? Well, you know, last season, I think was, was tough because that was the, yeah. the transitional season. But I think, you know, from where I sit, um, it was time. I mean, I, th- I think it was time, you know, to send this thing in a new direction. Mike D'Antoni left, Daryl left. Um, I, I, I was perfectly um, fine at that point, especially, you know, um, after everything that transpired with, with James after that Lakers game. I was, I'm, I was fully on board um, with the rebuild. Most franchises have to do this um, at some point. The Rockets have been one of those rare franchises over the last 25 years that really have, I mean, before they drafted Yao, um, there were some extenuating circumstances going into the season where ended up with the number one overall pick. But for the most part, this franchise outside of what this, so that would have been the 0203 season mm-hmm. outside of that, going all the way back to the early the last time that, I mean, the franchise really had a, re, a full-on rebuild was in the early 80s. So what, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever it's, it's been. Mm-hmm. So I think we as employees and as broadcasters and as fans um, have been treated to a lot of good basketball for a very long time. Obviously, the culminating in the two championships in the 1990s and franchises still trying to get back to that point. But the hard years were awesome. But um, it was time for a rebuild. I was on board with that. Um, and because I'm on board with that and I understand that these things take time and roster building takes time. And especially when you have as many young players as this team does, it, 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 it takes time. And so it's about, you know, um, watching these young kids 
grow and and develop. And at times you're going to have games like I go, you know, you get you get beat by 30, right? And there's been some ugly games this year for sure. Yeah. Uh, but that's to be expected. But then there are games like the one last night against Utah or games against the Wizards or the seven game winning streak, right? Where everything sort of kind of clicked and came together. And so I think if you understand where the franchise is and ultimately the kind of pain, if you will, that goes along with the rebuild and just focus in on the growth and development of the players and the coaches. And obviously Steven Silas is only in his second season as a full-time NBA head coach. So for him, much like in anybody in any walk of life, uh, there's a bit of a learning curve with that too. I think if you just keep that under the proper perspective and um, sort of relish the, the, the positive moments and, and the growth moments, then I think this has been a really fun year. Last again, last year was tough. This year to me has been, honestly, it's been fun. It really has. Absolutely. Oh, we agree with that. Absolutely. No, hundred percent. Because in terms of rebuilding, we knew we weren't going to like contend or win a championship this year. I wanted to see growth. I wanted to see development. We have so many young players, so many young promising players. Mm -hmm. So it's been a lot of fun. I mean, last year I can even, I can admit it was, it'd be tough to tune into some games here and there. Uh, but this year for me, like I've been able to tune into pretty much every game, nine, 99% of all the games. I may have missed one or two games at most, and I'm just proud of that. And it's just been a lot of fun. So, you know, anytime that we get the opportunity to watch, it's just been incredible and, you know, win, lose or whatever. I just want to see the growth and development of these guys. And I'm just excited about it. And you, of course you and Ryan Hollins being the, the, tra the soundtrack of the team, it's just been incredible. We've enjoyed it. No, I appreciate it. And I think as a, as a sports fan, I think it, you just uh, of, a, of a professional team, you want to be in one of two places, right? You want to be contending for a championship or you want to be building. Being stuck yeah. in the middle is somewhere I think that, that causes frustrations um, uh, for a lot of people, if you will, the mediocrity treadmill that was coined about, I don't know, 10 years ago in, in the NBA. That's the last place that it, that's it, that you ultimately want to be. Sometimes teams end up there as no fault of their own, but but you, you want to be an, op an opportunity to contend or build. And, and obviously rebuilding, there's, there's no guarantee. There's no set formula, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, sometimes, look, the Orlando Magic have torn – they just tore it down to the studs for the second time after trading Dwight Howard. And so players like James Harden, they don't grow on trees. It is mm -hmm. very difficult to, to, to have one or more of those caliber of players – uh, on your team. And so the goal obviously is at some point to uh, either draft one, develop one or acquire one uh, in a trade. And um, like I said, uh, there are going to be some hiccups uh, along the way, but I think if just like in life, if, if you can enjoy the, the, the journey a little bit that if, and when you get there, uh, you can, you can enjoy it that much more. Absolutely. I mean, just the fact that everyone is so young and there's so much potential there. It's the fact of that potential that we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, when, when James was here, we loved having him. We always knew that we were a team that was going to contend, but we, we knew what we were going to see right with along the lines. Now, when you see guys like Jalen green, Alperine Shangoon, Josh Christopher, and all the other young guys that are paired along with them, it's like, we're just excited. Like you said, for the journey, like we're just happy to see them, put on the uniform and to see them start from the very beginning. And that's something that we get to grow with them, not mm -hmm. just as fans, but as people getting to see them. And I think that's um, truly a blessing for us considering that we haven't really had that, 
Um, but yeah, this, the, that overall aspect of it all um, in the big picture just makes everything yeah. seem so just, it's amazing to me, you know, like I'm, I'm very excited as a fan. We've seen so many good things and I just believe that there's better things to come for us for sure. Yeah. And, and, and my analogy is there's so much passion in this city for the Astros mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Astros stunk. Agreed. I mean, they were terrible yes. hundred plus lost seasons for three straight years. And look yep. what came of that. What they have is they mm-hmm. have basically a homegrown team that the fans of the Astros in this city have grown up with. And so there's a certain emotional connection exactly. to Jose Altuve and Bregman and Correa and on and on, right? That they feel like they're one of their own. They're part of their family. And I think the Rockets obviously are on the very ground floor mm-hmm. of this process. And, and we hope that it goes as well for the Rockets as it has um for the Astros, but I, I think ultimately that's where you kind of can develop those relationships with people you really don't know and the, and the team that you root for. And I think that's why there is so much passion in this city for the Astros, because people feel like those players are a member of, of their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in terms of, you know, homegrown development, and you're right, I think for fans of of the Rockets, they're just so used to winning, you know, they're not used to rebuilding, like you said, I mean, outside of that, when we got Yao, and then we, we got we lucked into Tracy McGrady, and then, you know, we were able to kind of be there and I just, I really like that you're here because this is great because, you know, it's also like you're talking to the, you know, we're talking to the fans too to let them know, like, hey, it's okay to be patient. This is great. This is the process. I can't wait. I'm excited. We used to go to the games in 2013 and 14 when we get tickets to watch the Astros when they were, you know, when they weren't the best. And we've been to a few games this season when they weren't the best. And I love it. This is great. We got to see the win against Brooklyn. We, we saw the loss against Philadelphia. And this is a process. And I love that you're here to let us know, let the fans know that we can't wait. This is the first of uh, of a few years. And, you know, there's a top pick, another top pick possibly coming. And I cannot wait. I'm super psyched. And, and nobody knows how this process is going to turn out. It, it's again, mm-hmm. it's not yeah. easy. There's a lot of ways to, to go about doing this. If, if you end up taking very good players in the draft, but ultimately not foundational pieces, then yeah. you're good but you're not good enough to contend and there's no exact science here it is tough no one knows what the future holds but what i can tell you is that there is a vision for this team moving forward uh there is a plan and i think at this point coming off the the years where the rockets were one of the elite teams in the league i think as a fan that's really what you're looking for um what you need to cling to um and pin your hopes on and hope hope it works out um, and yes, patience in this day and age, especially with your sports teams, is uh, in short supply. But I think ultimately that, that that's what you need, especially when you're dealing with such a young and inexperienced group. No, I, I, I'm going to stay patient with it. I love these guys. guys. I like I these players. Yeah. yeah, no, seriously, we enjoy these players. Jalen Green is our guy. We love LP. I am the... Pr- Personally, I am a huge uh, Usman Garuba fan. I'm just going to put that up there. <laughs> Speak it into existence. I love I love Garuba. So, okay. We're going to go ahead and take a, a quick break here, and we'll be right back. Shop Woodhouse Ford first and experience the difference. The all-new 2022 Bronco Sport is built wild for the thrill seeker, the sightseer, and the day tripper. A capable and dependable SUV that's ready to tackle the dirt, dust, and mud. Bronco Sport offers four models to match the way you explore the outdoors. Shop, finance, and buy your way 
online at woodhouseford.com or one of our three convenient Ford locations in Blair, Omaha, or Plattsmith. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Summit State of Mind presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network, and we are joined by a very special guest, another guest. I got Craig Ackerman on the pod. You thought the surprises ended there, but no. We are continuing on, and we got another guest for y'all returning to the summit once again. Let me see if I can intro him again properly. He was a spark plug and three-point shooter for our Houston Rockets in 2008 to 2009. He is not a cookie. He is Vaughn, freaking wafer at the summit once again. Vaughn, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know what I mean? Just thankful to be on here, man. I have fun every time I'm here. I'm just looking forward to another great, great episode. <laughs> So I don't know. I'm going to have a video on, but for the podcast listeners, I have Craig Ackerman to my left. I got Vaughn to my right. Uh, Craig, Vaughn, Vaughn, Craig. Not sure if y'all know each other. Re- re- uh, re- re- uh, reunited and it feels so good. Right. It is great to see you still. You too. One of my all-time favorite Rockets. Uh, I, I, rem- I remember that season so fondly so well a lot of that stuff like it was yesterday and um it's great to see you again man it's great to see you too i remember that season as well i'll never forget it houston will always be be a part of me you know so good to see you too yeah for sure it's so interesting too because when we laid this whole we didn't we didn't we weren't really thinking of like doing this. It was really interesting because when we would hear you, Craig, when to explain the story to every all of our listeners, like what had happened was we'll listen to you, Craig, and then we'll always hear you mention Vaughn. We interviewed <laughs> Vaughn back in August. Uh, we did three separate episodes with you. And when I hear Craig mention Vaughn and I'm like, okay, Vaughn, like I need to send this over to, you know, Vaughn Wafer so he can listen. So I would always send it to him or I'd post it on our Instagram account and then he'd see it. And then, he, you know, it'd always be like, oh, that's awesome. And the last time we had got you on, which is, you know, just last week, we were able to kind of, you know, share it, you know, physically through this podcast. And the great thing was, was I was able to splice your audio, whatever you were able to tell me, Vaughn, and I was able to send it directly on Twitter to Craig Ackerman. And I even posted, I was like, Oh, everyone tag Craig Ackerman. Let's get, <laughs> let's get these two reun. Let's get these two reunited because the love here is real. And I kid you not guys, it went viral. We had 41,372 impressions. That is for, that is for over 41,000 views on the, uh, on the post on Twitter, wow. which was incredible. I didn't expect it. And you know, people oh, were tagging Craig. Yeah. Right. And the funny thing was, is a ton of people tag Craig, but Justin, so I'm at work. Justin's the one texting me and he's like, hey, bro, did you get the uh, Craig? He's like, Craig already commented. I'm like, what? I was like, <laughs> I literally I sent I send the post out. So I'm a teacher, right? So I send the post out on my break. I come back from my break, go back to my kids. And then not five minutes later, Craig already commented. And I'm like, what? Oh, my gosh. So I pull up my phone and I'm like, oh, wow, you already commented on it. And then like right after you do it, a ton of people tag you. And I found that hilarious because I'm like, guys, Craig already saw it. It's cool. We're good. <laughs> uh, I, I, had, I had a lot of people tag me on that. And of course, I had I took an immediate listen to it. And again, thank you so much. You were so kind. I, we mentioned this on the air last night. Uh, was it last? I think it was last night during the game or maybe it was the 
It was a few nights ago. The Kings game on Sunday. On Sunday, Ryan Ryan uh, mentioned uh, mentioned it, and I was like, "Yeah, he he was so nice, very complimentary. I really appreciate that." Because um, I I think I just brought you up like the 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 game before I, we had like a poll question. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, it was like wh- wh- if you had one shot to to win a game, uh, who would you take? And like the. It was, you know, Robert Ory and uh, I think Mary Ellie was on there. Uh, I was like, Von Wafer? Of course I take Von Wafer. <laughs> you know? <laughs> big shot. Big shot. So there you go. Uh, you, you are Those still very names. much a part of, uh, of Rockets lore. So uh, thank you for the very kind words. Man, no problem, man. I really enjoy your work. So, you know, it was real. It was genuine. Just keep going. Keep pushing. I appreciate that. Sure. And – you know, we all came together on the two, like you said, on the 2008 and 2009 season. Personally, from a, from a fan standpoint, where me and my brother stand, uh, probably personally one of my favorite seasons. And I and I told Vaughn that, and I'm going to tell you that now, Craig. Personally, one of my favorite seasons. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I watched every game. It's the camaraderie amongst the team, the professionalism. Shane Battier, Yao Ming, Aaron Brooks, Ron Artest, Carl Landry, Vaughn Wafer. The, the list goes on and on. It was a talented squad. Very. So, so talented. I didn't even mention T-Mac, you know, because he was he ended up getting injured halfway through the season. But T-Mac was on that team, too. So, and I'm still not mentioning right. everybody. Luis Scola, Ray for Alston, Kyle Lowry. You know, there's just so much talent on that team. Brooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All stacked on that roster. So, and, and, and you forget, there was also there was also quite a bit of drama with that team that mm-hmm. ultimately led to Vaughn getting the green light from Rick Adelman to start playing a lot. Um, and which was basically that month of January of 2009. I think the first time that you saw meaningful playing time, Vaughn, correct me if I'm wrong, was there was a game up in Toronto and um, it was not going well. Uh, There, there was a play that, that at midcourt where uh, T-Mac basically just stopped uh, playing uh, and Rick got really upset, basically pulled him uh, put you in the game, and if memory serves, I think you had like 18 or 19 fourth quarter points up yeah. in Toronto, and from that point forward, you were part of the rotation. Yeah, it was. I remember it like it was yesterday. I just got in, and, and I just was just so ex- excited. I was just so excited and, and overcome with so much adrenaline. It just, I'm just thankful that it carried. You know, it, it, I, I used it correctly and just was able to score and just put my footprint and never, never, never look back that season. So, yeah, that was definitely a situation I'll never forget. And that was my first op- tr- real opportunity that year, and I made the most of it. Just thankful. God is great. I think it's a testament to you too, just kind of being ready because you weren't, you know, you you don't, you never know when you're going to get PT, and that's right. the thing. Like, and just kind of staying ready, being professional, and being ready. And like, like when Craig said, when T Mac, you know, when the unfortunate incident happened, you were ready. And yeah, we didn't win because I remember it was, uh, it was, it was like a, I think they were beating us by twenty. I think at that point or something. It was, it was around that, right? It was yeah, like, it was. I think it was one of those Sunday noon Eastern starts in Toronto yeah. that they like to play and. I know the Rockets have played several of those over the years up there and never fared well on the, the <laughs> Sunday noon start up and up and up in Toronto. Um, but uh, but yeah, but I mean, it, Vaughn made it a close game uh, in the fourth quarter. But yeah, the Raptors went on went on to win. But just this was ready. on that night. 
Just as <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I and I and I I'm such a hype man for Vaughn too. I always talk him up. I'm always like, man, that is my boy. That's one of my because I I loved it because I was like, that's one of my favorite players too. And it just shows that you know, just being ready, just being prepared, and you you earned. You know, Craig, I almost say like uh, Garrett, I compared him to the likes of Garrison Matthews or my brother did where it's like you get you come in, you get the minutes and you take full advantage of it. You go full speed ahead and you and become an integral part of the rotation. And that was Vaughn. And then some uh, during the season, memorable dunks, memorable shots, just nonstop stuff. So I have to ask you, I'm going to direct the question over to you, Vaughn. After that incredible 0809 season, uh, fourth seed. Oh, is I know fifth seed in the West, and uh, I think a fifty-three and twenty-nine record. I'm doing this with no research. This is all off the top of my head. I, I hope you guys can check me on that. But I think a fifty-three and twenty-nine, fifth seed in the West, uh, going into Portland, um, and then ultimately losing against the Lakers in seven. But what was your favorite uh, memory? I, I don't think we've ever asked you this. What was your, if you can pick one memory this se- of that season? What was your favorite memory, Vaughn? Oh, uh, favorite memory of that season. That's a great question, man. Um, um. I just had to go with just making the team because uh, that was that was um, something that wasn't guaranteed. And, you know, I had to had to make the team. You remember in Memphis, I think I kind of kind of solidified, you know, my position. You killed it in Memphis. Don't be so yeah. humble. There it, was the last pre- <laughs> I, it, was, it was the last preseason game and yep. you killed it. <laughs> I yeah, think I think you had like 28 points or something like that. Yeah. I'm so hyped right on, that, on that game and. I think that's that's the most memorable moment because that's like in in, the, in my mind I'm like I think I think I did enough so you know that was the beginning that was the start you know so I remember those times I, I mean those will stick with me yeah I mean you think that's like a testament to your hard work man I mean considering that you felt like you had the pressure considering that you had to play to a certain level in order to make the team but you didn't just do that like you made an impression in the sense of just, okay, this guy can score. He can do it all. You're like literally a firecracker to Rick Adelman. So you'd say, correct. And you were able to use that to get that, to get onto the team. And then what happened is you were rewarded in January. You were patient. You were always ready. And that's just a testament to your hard work, man. Like to be able to do that. And then to utilize that later on into the season that's just a testament to who you are, man. And I think that's amazing always. And we loved watching that season, man. Like me and my brother, we, I was only like, maybe I think I was 19 years old. I had just graduated high school. And like, I hate to say that that's like still one of my favorite seasons. I mean, even though we had some great seasons after 0809 is one of the years where it was just like, you just couldn't, it, it couldn't be, it's not equatable to anything else. Like that experience in itself was one of a kind, honestly. Yeah. That's kind of the last, I'm not going to say it's the last time that we saw Yao, but it was the last time we saw peak Yao. So yes. it was a yep. lot going on, you know, it was a lot going on. There's a lot of memories. It's, so that, that season is big because Yao's footprint in Houston was, you know, you know, pretty big and, that was just the last time that they saw him at, you know, at his dominant self. And then, you know, we had T-Mac. That was, it was a lot, lot happening, you know, through the course of that season. So, you know, I think that that is one of the more memorable seasons. We didn't accomplish much as we want, but just look at all that was happening. You're seeing the end of a, of a great, you know, you know, that was 
pretty much he came back the next year, but I think he got hurt again. I think I think no, I, he he fractured at the first time. I think he fractured his foot was in that yeah. playoff series against the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a like game, game three or game four, I believe. Definitely. No, game three, game three. He got hurt. He got you know the Rockets went into L.A. and um, that was the series where Phil Jackson was, hey, give these guys some some effing credit. Right? Yes. Yep. Um, because look, that was Kobe, um, Pal Gasol, Andrew Bynum. Um, you know, oh, that team went on to win the championship yeah. that year, and the Rockets pushed him to seven. Game seven didn't go all that great, but pushed him to seven. And that was after they had lost Yao to the foot injury. Right. Um, right. so, um, yeah, that, that Rockets team had some characters, I'll tell you that. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, That's why it. it was great. We had a mix of everything on that team, you know, Hall of Famers with some just journeymen with some you know solidified you know uh pros we had a lot on that team so we had a we had a great combination Ron Artest Dukembe Mutombo was a oh my god <laughs> Ron Artest oh, you know and that Ron was Artest. that was that the year that Dikembe he uh his career ended right in that first was that the yeah. series against Portland yeah the Portland the Portland's the yeah. show Yep. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you, Craig, now I want to direct question over to you. So I asked Vaughn what his favorite memory was of that season, but it was your rookie year as a radio play-by-play announcer. Yeah, this my was first year full-time. Yes, first was, year full-time. Yeah. So what was your favorite memory of that well, season? It was, it, it was that Boston game, obviously, but you know, we have, we, we've already brought up the Memphis game. So I'll, I'll say this, like he was trying to make the team in training camp. Right. And there was no guarantees whether or not he was going to make the team. So, um, not often, but occasionally I, I, I do, I'll come up with something, right. And I'll, I'll jot it down. And if I think as an announcer, if you can fit little cutesy things in where they sound organic, that's mm-hmm. fine. If it's, if it sounds forced, then they typically don't go over very well, but I actually came up with the, he's not a cookie. He's not a cracker. He's Von Wafer thing in the preseason. And um, oh. cause I didn't know if he was going to make the team or not. Um, mm-hmm. and he had that big game in Memphis. That's actually the first time I actually used, I used that was in that mm-hmm. preseason game. Uh, nobody picked up on it because it was a preseason game. Right. But yeah. then you go yeah. that Boston game to this day, that's probably one of my five favorite Rockets games that mm-hmm. I've ever worked because again, there was so much drama at that time. T-Mac wasn't playing on back to backs. Then I, if memory serves, Ron Artest decided that he didn't want to play on back-to-backs. Uh, there was a lot of drama with that team. And so you're going in to Boston. This was the year after they won the championship. So they mm-hmm. were still great. Pierce, the big Allen, three. Garnett. I want to say the Celtics had won 14 straight at home going into that game. Vaughn, you played for the Celtics. You know what kind of atmosphere is up in Boston. It, it can be pretty hostile. And right. – um, the Rockets are going through some drama there and they were down. You guys were down big in the first half ended up coming back and the closing lineup against future hall of famer, future hall of famer, future hall of famer for, for Boston was, it was you, Aaron Brooks. People really didn't know who Aaron was. Um, Chuck Hayes. I, I just recently ch- saw Chuck Hayes on a, on a road trip as he's working in the Rockets front office and, and brought that game up to him, how he put, Garnett on lock, like Garnett kept trying. Oh, to man. he was so good against. He could Chuck. not uh, move Chuck, so it was Aaron, it was uh, Chuck, Yao, 
Vaughn, and I want to say it was Brent Barry was the the, the Rockets closing <laughs> five Brent in Barry. that game in Boston. <laughs> they were an elite team. They came back from a double-digit deficit, and then bon, uh, Vaughn's big uh, three in the corner where I used the cookie cracker thing again, and <laughs> I lost my mind. And, and you know, where we sat – we sit to do radio there. You're near all the, the, the stuffy East coast, Boston writers, and they were all giving me the stink eye. And it was, it was so much fun. It, it was so much fun. So much fun. I love it. I love it. Dude. That's so awesome. I, and hearing it, we, we heard it from Vaughn's point of view and he was able to break, you know, the one of the first episodes we had him on, he, we watched it and he was able to break down the play for us, but hearing it from your side, hearing it from the booth side is next and level. It, here's crazy. the thing earlier in the game, Vaughn, you went for like a reverse dunk and then you yeah. got hung on the rim and the people yeah. of Boston were just giving you the business. And then to come back, and hit that shot that must have felt just amazing because that that place went dead silent and it was <laughs> loud. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah. It definitely did. That's so awesome. And and I guess just hearing that, uh, you know, just the the memories of it all and um just kind of being here in it. I I just have to say, this is just great. This is this is the type of content that we we like to push out. You know, uh, we we're, we love talking about the Rockets. Obviously, we're a Rockets podcast. We love talking about the Houston Rockets. Favorite team. But having just such an honor, just having Vaughn and Craig, two guys who I respect, that me and my brother both respect immensely, putting y'all two together after just hearing, you know, oh, great things. Say one person says a great thing about another. Another person says a great thing about another. Like these people have no idea that we're doing this episode. Like I cannot wait to post this. This is going to be so exciting. So, so exciting. My, my question, when did you ditch the, uh, the faux hawk? Um, I think I got rid of it and brought it back. Uh, I've probably been done with it for, mm-hmm. I think the last time was probably 2015. I tried to bring it back, but um, yeah, I, I, I moved on from the front. <laughs> as, as you get older, those things don't don't work so well in, anymore, I guess. Right, right, right. But it's crazy you said that because it actually crossed my mind today. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna try something to get a little. Little, get some more juice flowing, but I just thought about it. I'm like, nah. <laughs> it's admirable, Vaughn. It's admirable. That, you know, you bring up the, the whole Garrison Matthews thing, but the, yeah. the, the Vaughn mania that season was like Gary Bird on steroids. Like, yes, times absolutely. a times a hundred, right? And people mm-hmm. were like, people were getting full hawks, right? Yeah. I mean, it was it was oh, it was so much fun. They were they were dying it red. It was yes. unbelievable at that point in time. You like they literally had it. someone outside the stadium cutting Von Hawks for anybody that wanted it for yeah. free. No, it was yeah, no, it was a thing. Yeah, I, I mean, it caught you were like a like if you were like again, it was Garrison Matthews on steroids. Like you were a huge fan favorite, huge phenomenon. Absolutely. I would say. I think yeah, that, yeah. that's. I think that's know. kind of what opened the door to bring in James Harden. They saw that. I was like, "Whoa, dude, we got something here." But I didn't even understand the magnitude <laughs> of what was happening. <laughs> I didn't even really understand what was happening. You know, I mean, if I would have understood that, me and my uncle, we talked about. It. He's like, "Man, you really, really created a you know thing that you should have stayed." I wish I would have stayed, but I didn't understand. I didn't even understand what was happening. I didn't understand what that meant for that to happen because that's not that's for if if that happens in a city then 
you're gonna you you you're gonna get a lot of love just as long as you get back to the community and just keep your nose clean. You you have a great career. But I didn't understand that. I didn't even understand the magnitude of what was happening. I didn't understand the marketing and like, dang, it's really really some push behind me. And like, I didn't I didn't understand it. But that definitely was all happening. The Frohawks they had the vanilla wafer boxes at the game. I'm just like, man, this is crazy. Yes. I'm just trying to get. I'm just trying to get to get some buckets though, but you, know. <laughs> Dude, you you had you had some incredible you had an incredible reverse dunk against Portland. It was a home game. I think you 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 yammed it over Lamarcus Aldridge or something. Yeah. That's one. That's another play that really stood out. And I, the fact that you could just in a league full of elite athletes, like you stood out. Like your athleticism was like off the charts good. God is just God is good. I didn't even understand. I just saw Kobe do that dunk a lot. And I'm like, I always wanted to do that in the game someday. (laughs) (laughs) Before we move on, we need to give him a shout out and an ad. Of course, our awesome sponsor in terms of eating healthy, putting good food in your stomach and using it to have a great start to your day. So I'm going to lob it up right here to the GM who's going to give you an ad to our sponsor. That's right, Rush Bulls Houston. GM, tell the people what they need to know and where they need to go. Feeling a little wiped post-workout? Trying to detoxify that body. Well, you know what? How about going to a spot called Rush Bowls? It has the best acai bowls in Houston, and they have plenty of options for you. Personally, I would like to start my day off with a bowl after our namesake, the Summit Bowl. It has acai, strawberry, cherry, and your choice of dairy or non-dairy milk. You already know your boy loves to go with his oat milk. But if you want to go with any other option, by any means, do you. It's topped with granola, strawberry, honey, and their house-made peanut butter. And I'm telling you, their peanut butter is the best peanut butter I've ever had. Seriously. They even have deals all throughout the week. Dog on Mondays, where you get a free Bow Wow Bowl for your dog with a purchase of any bowl. Wellness Wednesdays gets you $2 off wellness bowls or smoothies. So if you're craving a nice, healthy, and light meal, us at the Summit State of Mind highly suggest visiting rush bowls and grab yourself a delicious acai bowl it's the best acai bowl in houston and follow them now on instagram at rush bowls houston and visit them at their location at 6001 washington avenue suite 200 houston texas and remember the summer state of mind sent you because you know why if you mention the summer state of mind podcast you get 33 percent off your bowl That's right, 33% off. So we're spreading good information and we're saving you money and promoting you health for the new year in 2022. So you hear that, guys? All right. So just remember, 33% off from the Summit State of Mind and make sure to mention that the Summit State of Mind sent you. Go Rockets. Yo, what's up, everyone? This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. I, I think in regards to what you were talking about, too, social social media, and, and I think if, if social media was today, and we have this thing called, like, Rockets Twitter. Rockets Twitter is so 
they're so into it especially this year it's really grown and i mm-hmm. think if that if if the vaughn mania existed oh. no now oh dude I, I, th- I also think if social media would have been like it is now in our day, I think I would have been an elite superstar for sure because there's so much information available. You, you That's why the game, that's why guys are getting so skilled at such a young age because you have all this footage and some kids are obsessed with this stuff and they just sit there and just look at it, just look at it. And then they're like, yeah, I want to do that. So I think I would have, I think I would have definitely took care of the um, I think my plan would have been elevated because I would have had so many more examples to look at and just so many more things. And I definitely think the mania would have just it would have just took off from that because I would have, my performance would have been even better. So definitely I can see that. But this 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 social media age is it's changing the game. It's different. You're seeing so much basketball. You're seeing it's it's kind of exposing kids but it's it's also discovering others because you know you used to have that big name back in the day you can make it all the way to the NBA but like now if they come do your game in high school and you lay a dud and another kid is killing you that can propel him to another level so this social media stuff and the content they're creating is it's it's crazy yeah it's absolutely next level Craig I I love that you asked him the question is now that I put you two kind of in the room, is there any question, any other questions that you have for Vaughn as well? Well, here, I'm, uh, ignore the mess behind me. I forgot I even had this here. So okay. <laughs> I, a couple of years ago, a couple, I honestly didn't even think about this until right now, a couple of years ago, probably f- at least five years ago, some fan um, sent me a poster and they wrote on there, not a cookie, not a cra- uh, cracker, uh, but a wafer. They kind of they, they got it a little bit wrong. But I've, I've had this thing in my office, and uh, <laughs> do you see, do you see the writing on the on the on the bottom there? Wow. That's uh, awesome. It looks like he was you were going up again. I think it looks like Tim, Tim Thomas and uh, Lou Aldang over there with the Bulls. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, no. Wow. This, no, this is uh, this is this is this is awesome. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I we, we were doing this earlier. I've been working for the Rockets since since I was 20, um, and that was in 1994. Um, and Vaughn is without a doubt one of my favorite Rockets players of all time. Still to this day, even though his his time was was very short with the team. And and I remember I was telling these guys off air. Um, you you left. Um, they tried to resign you, um, and uh, Daryl Morey actually reached out to me, which is unheard of for a GM to let you know. He was like, "Hey, we're bringing your guy back. We're bringing your guy back." I was like, "Awesome! I appreciate that." He knew how much all that meant, and I was like, "Awesome!" And unfortunately, I guess you, you ended up failing your physical because you had back problems, right? If yes. Yes. yeah, but yeah. So I was super excited for. For Vaughn Wafer 2.0, but unfortunately, the, the back injury did not uh, allow that to uh, happen. Right, right. That was, uh, I, I thought it was going to happen, but, you know, you know, I think, um, you know, God had other things. But I definitely, definitely wish that it would have been a successful situation. Absolutely. All right, boys, I, I put everyone here in this room. I'm going to share a screen with you all so y'all can watch a little something. Is that okay? Uh, sure. Yeah. 
Okay, let's see. Let's do it. Let's see. So I can hit share here on my desktop. All right, let's see if everyone can see. Can everyone see? Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's do. Let's watch some stuff for fun. Yeah. So remember, <laughs> here we go. Vaughn was uh, Vaughn was thirteen before thirteen showed up. Yeah. yeah. It, it's Thank true. you. The original thirteen. It was there you yeah. go. and the mohawk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I told you they probably was like we got some here. <laughs> well, boys, you know, looking at all those analytics and Absolutely. jersey sales, and like just hold up. <laughs> and and Harden, as he's gotten older, he's 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 ditched it too. So, um, I guess his, his, uh, his faux hawk as he's gotten older. Yeah. I guess it's an age thing. I guess uh, once you once you get past your twenties, they're like, nah, maybe not anymore. It's like one of those things. Like, there's a certain age that you reach where you probably shouldn't be wearing jerseys in public unless you're <laughs> actually going to the game. Like, you oh, know, that's yes. like. A, what age, what age is that? Like 20, 25? Are you too old? Or Yeah. Yeah. I don't typically wear jerseys anymore. And I'm 20. I, I wore a jersey at the last game I attended. No, no. Yeah. Oh, if you're going, no. no, no. If you go to the game, it's fine. But like, yeah. uh-huh. you're going to run to the grocery store, right? Like, oh. isn't there a certain age that you reach where it doesn't look cool anymore? Okay. F- f- full disclosure. I won. So, like, it was shortly after Christmas. I, I went with my dog to a brewery and I wore my Sam Cassell jersey. It was nice and warm outside. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to rep one of my favorite Rockets of all throwback. time. Yeah, man. It was the Navy blue one. Uh, throwback. Throwback. The, the, year he, the year after the year he got traded when yeah. um, after the championship. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to roll with this. But you know, no shame, no no yeah, shame absolutely. in my no no shame in my game. All right, so whatever that age is, it's a year older than however you are. So there okay, you there you go. There okay. You so Craig, thank you so much. You I feel so much good. better now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. So everyone can see my screen, right? Everyone can see yes. the screen. All right, here we go. Let's uh, let's watch some highlights. This is cr- one of Craig's top five moments. Breaking news. Here we go. <laughs> let's see. Oh wait. Let's get let's get sorry, let's get Bill Orrell on it. Let's rewind it back and get Bill Orrell <laughs> on it. Here we go. Can we hear it? It's okay. Craig, why, why don't you uh give us a throwback of uh commentation? <laughs> well, I guess uh is that who said was that that was is that Carl Landry? That was Landry. That was Landry who so said yeah. So I guess instead of uh Brent Barry, it was Carl Landry out there who set the pick. <laughs> but uh, again, the I, I I mentioned it earlier. The Celtics were rolling. It was the season coming off their championship. Um, they were destroying teams. Like their 14-game home winning streak was they, – they were killing teams. And then you had the drama with T-Mac and Artest, neither of which played. The Rockets were down big early. The, there was the fan reaction to the missed uh, dunk by Vaughn in the first half. Uh, and then the Rockets came back on their home mm-hmm. floor with – Nobody, nobody had heard of Aaron Brooks or, or Vaughn at that point, and Chuck Hayes was locking up Kevin Garnett. Obviously, you had Yao Ming out there, um, but but Carl Landry wasn't really well-known either, I guess, at that point um, around the league because he was coming off the bench because you had our test and T-Mac and all that stuff. And to come back and win that game in that fashion, that was awesome. Yeah, well, it was oh. definitely. Oh, yeah, man. Just I mean, it. like, considering that everything that had occurred, you know, like uh, Craig said, but the miss dunk, and then you're able to hit the game winning three. Poetic justice, man. It's it like they gave, they gave you, the- they gave you shit, and then you shoved it back right back in their face. <laughs> it's <laughs> basketball. That game, that game right? I kind of started off slow too, you know, because I was like, 
you know, I, I was kind of getting getting some burns, so I was kind of getting more familiar, like getting more confident. But I started off slow, but I kind of picked it up. I mean, towards the end, I remember that game. I think yeah, I, I shot like an air ball or something. Then I got hung, but then I I hit a couple shots in a row, so it, it all worked out. And that crowd, man, and and you went to play with Boston. Was it the next? Was it the next year? Yeah. Was it the following season you played up in, in in Boston. That crowd up there is when the Celtics are rolling. That building gets loud. I mean, really, really loud. It's and definitely just, an advantage. It's definitely a home court advantage there. Um, the arena's relative to all the new buildings is not up to par with many of the the new arenas but it's an incredible atmosphere up there and that place just went completely silent ended the ended the celtics uh winning streak i know i loved it and as a fan when we saw it live we were like oh my god what it's like i was like i remember i think i was like i was like shut him up on wafer i was like shut everybody up let's go <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, Geek, geeked out, geeked out, obviously. And then that was the start of the run. And then, you know, it obviously led into the playoffs. And, you know, I, I got to say, too, like if we can move forward, if we move forward into the playoffs, man, just that series against Portland, it was so, so fun. Like, it was such a good series. Like, they went into game one against Portland. And if I remember correctly, like, uh, it wasn't, like it wasn't particularly close. I remember Yao just established against uh, Prisbilla. I think for like mm-hmm. first, like he was like almost perfect from the field. I think he, I think he start, I think he started ten for ten in game mm-hmm. one. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, and then that's when they shifted and go into the fronting defense. Right, that was to throw him off and to throw him off and stuff like that. But wow, just incredible stuff. That was pre Damian Lillard. That was Brandon Roy. Yeah, before dude. he got hurt. Brand- Brandon Roy. That's one of Kenny's favorite players of all time. He's a hooper, man. He loved Brandon he Roy. He was a hooper, and ob- unfortunately, injuries just robbed him of his career. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, that was the first playoff series win in twelve years for the Rockets. That yep. won against Portland. Mm-hmm. They didn't want a playoff series since. So that was what ninety-seven. Brandon Brandon Roy kind of re- reminds me of Devin Booker. They're kind of similar. Yeah, same same body build. Um, just can make tough shots. Smart player, you know, not not freakishly athletic, but can get the spots. And both can just score and make tough shots. Brandon Roy is very underrated, man. He wouldn't have got hurt. He was. Yeah, he was good. I've seen, I've seen him mm-hmm. give give the work to a, a Kobe in his prime, and not many people can do that. Uh, I just seen he just he's tough. He, he doesn't have a weakness. Only weakness is he wasn't, you know, just super quick, but everything else, handle, shot, mid-range. He had everything. He could score at level. Was that – um, oh, now I forgot my uh, my uh, my train of thought. Did Brandon Roy have – he had a game-winner very similar to the one that Lillard hit against During the Rockets. During the season. Was that, yep. Yeah. Was that yeah. was that, that was, playoff series? Or was that No, it was, it was a TNT game. It was a random – because I remember Yao hit, the, hit a shot that put us and up one. two – yeah. With like 0. 0.4 seconds left, or is it 0. 0.7? I don't remember how much time. It was very similar to Lillard's shot. Yeah, eerily similar. Because it was on, um, I don't remember who the shot was on, but uh, Ron was definitely on the court. I don't remember if T-Mac was playing that night, but I remember that night very vividly because me and my brother were watching that game. And when Yao hit that fadeaway from the baseline to put us up two, you remember vividly, like he put up, he made that shot that he made that just this, you know how he just gets like, yeah, right. very subtly celebrates. Right. 
And then, you know, we go into the timeout and I'm just like, okay, we should be okay. Then Brandon Roy decided to shut us all up. <laughs> and, you know, he decided to send us home unhappy. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, uh, later on that year, we, you know, we had the last laugh. So, yeah, yeah. but that was a great shot. Them, him and Damian Lillard. Jeez. I mean, that just still brings nightmares to me. But yeah, on the flip side, that, that Lillard shot being in that building when he made that, that was surreal too. Oh, that was sure. surreal. Mm-hmm. That was 2014, right? That was to seal the yeah. series. In yeah, the first year, I was yeah, like 14 first. or 15 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, oh, after the, the Rockets had home court, yep, got got beat in games one and two because Lamarcus Aldridge had like averaged like 49. He scored like almost 50. Yeah, he was game. unreal. Oh my god, he was games. hitting turnaround fadeaway threes, falling out of bounds, <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, that, that the and then Chandler Parsons. Just retired officially. Um, hit that shot with, and then there's Lillard and that building. Well, there's the opposite. That place. That was another place yeah. that you played up there with Portland, right? Did you? Mm-hmm. You got drafted by the Lakers, and then did you? When you were with the Blazers right after, right? Yeah, I played <clears throat> drafted by the Lakers. Then I went to Denver and got traded midway through the season to Portland. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, yeah, that's another place where the atmosphere, when they're rolling, that place is loud too. And man, it was so, so loud after Lillard hit that shot. It was like slow motion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I rem- and I remember vividly when it happened too. And it was just, it was just heartbreaking. But you know, nonetheless, all all's well that ends well. It is, it is what it is. And we continue to move on here. But uh, I just want to say though, in regards to what Vaughn, what you brought to the city, and I and I'm the ultimate hype guy for him. And I always tell him over and over again, I feel like we're almost like we're the extension of the city, almost like in fans, because not every fans have this type of platform where you can bring guests on. And I always tell him anytime, like clutch fans, Twitter, whatever, any social media platform, everybody, all the memories are always fun. We did a Q and a Craig with Vaughn uh, back in August and everybody, like all the questions, poured in and all the memories were fun one person was like yeah i had a vaughn wafer cookie box and i can't find it i'm looking all over my house <laughs> he was like i created it do you remember justin you remember that right he was like yeah he's like i created it and i can't find it and i want to take a picture and i'm like it's okay bro. yeah it was it was um i forgot i think it might have been one of the red rowdies on twitter i don't remember her name but i remember seeing the post because she had she had posted it very yeah. recently very recently and i was just like unbelievable unreal right. Cause that, that year, that was like maybe the, like the third, second or third year that the Rowdies were um, in existence. And mm-hmm. I remember that. What a time. <laughs> it was definitely a lot of fun. And yeah, like we're just an extension of that. Like we're an extension of that. I'm just thankful that we were able to, you know, kind of put you two in the same room and just kind of have, have moments like these, you know, especially in this day and age in, in, in 2022, you know, with COVID and everything and whatnot. And obviously we can't all be physically in the same room, but just to do this, it was, in, it's definitely incredible. I want to take this moment and, and this time now so, so we can go home here and uh, get ready to end this episode. But Craig, Vaughn, this was truly, truly an honor. Vaughn, you're, you're really become a friend of the summit. You've been, been on here multiple times. I appreciate it. But Craig, you just responding right away at the snap of a finger. You were just like... I'll, I'll always say that Craig hopped on and was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is great. Thanks for sharing. And I was like, dude. And I told Justin, I'm like, Justin, get Craig on the pod. We got to make this happen. No, no. Oh. I appreciate you guys having me on. This was awesome. Yeah. It was, it was great to, 
to 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 be re- reunited there with Vaughn. Glad things are going well, man. All the best to, to you and uh, and and your family. Um, and, and another little before we went on the air, I, I told oh, him yeah. uh, uh, at one point during the during that that month of January that your mom or your aunt had sent me an email, so um, telling me. Thank you uh, for, for hyping you up. Your family appreciated that. So uh, all the best to you and your family. And uh, guys, I really appreciate you having me on anytime. Uh, this was fun. I enjoy connecting with the fans. Um, and uh, yeah, this was great. Hey, uh, Craig, thank you for your support. Thank you for, the, <laughs> thank you for your kind words. I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me on. Just, you know, just hit me up, man. Um, good luck to you guys. You just, Hope you guys keep grinding and all you guys just keep building and just keep getting better, man, in life. But um, definitely enjoy my time and um, it's been a blast. I'm trying to I'm trying to slowly convince Vaughn to come to Houston at some point. I'm slowly, slowly <laughs> trying to get there. I'm like, I like Vaughn, come on, come on, come to Houston. <laughs> Hopefully in the future. Yeah, of course. Hopefully. Hey, you know what? If you plan, maybe we can... Uh, have a we can have a uh, you know they have those mix it up nights now um and uh you know get the marketing people involved um you know yeah. maybe first three thousand fans in the building get a von wafer faux hawk like <laughs> <laughs> i hope they don't even remember me but that would be dope <laughs> speak it into existence craig let's do it there you go <laughs> you heard it here first breaking news <laughs> but you know on a serious note we just appreciate it like i said in this day and age in 2022 um it's just, you know, enjoyable moments like these. And this is what we we try to do. And we love the Rockets. This is a Rockets podcast. And we just, you know, the fact that we were able to bring you two together uh, through this platform is incredible. I'm thankful to Craig and I'm thankful to you, Vaughn. You guys are incredible people. Um, and yeah, we'd love to have you guys back on again in the future. We'll probably do another episode with y'all. We can get, you know, we can talk about season, go back into 0809, whatever. And uh, we're just glad to have y'all. So before we go, I just want to say... Uh, open up the red carpet for you, Vaughn, anything that you want to say before we uh, go home here? Um, just, um, uh, just thank you guys. Just thank you guys for, you know, keeping me in mind. Just, just thank you guys for the communication. Thank you for the camaraderie, man. I'm really appreciative. Um, and thank you to the city of Houston. Still so much love for you. It's always going to be a special place in my heart. Uh, I always remember you, the feeling, driving down to 49, seeing the Astro Stadium, all that stuff. You know, I remember those days, and I'm very appreciative. Thank you. Absolutely. And over to you now, Craig. Anything you want to say here before we go home here? Uh, no, it was just it, – Bob, it was great to see you again. I appreciate it. Um, no, thanks Thanks for having me on. Again, I, I always enjoy connecting uh, 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 with the fans. And, uh, again, I appreciate it, and, and thank you for uh, all of your support of – of me as well it, it it really means a lot thank you absolutely justin what about you gm anything you got to say before we go home here i'm just really glad that we were able to bring y'all together it was really nice to be able to meet you craig um vaughn it's always good to see you man always good you're like family to us man for the summit like and we are always appreciative to see you and we love having you on um, maybe one day we'll all be able to 
get together and conglomerate sure. one day, Craig, um, you know, maybe we'll run into you in Sugarland one day, who knows? It's always a possibility, right? Um, I, I, so. I still live out in the general area. So, okay, cool, man. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, maybe one day we'll, we'll hit you up before we go to a game. Absolutely. Cause Kenny and I, we hit up games probably like once or twice a month and yeah, for we'll sure. Come say hi. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Cause I mean, we're friends with Adam too. Adam will always give us a hard time, but we love him. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, well, hopefully we'll see you soon for sure. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thank you. On fire. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door, check window, check other window, rest chin on ground, look into distance, bark for no reason. Check front door, check window, check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball, lose shiny ball, find shiny ball, eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. The Summit. Four. 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 Five.